Hey, and welcome everybody once again to What's the Damage, companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage. Get your t-shirts today. That's not a joke. We really have t-shirts. They're really on sale. They're really in our store. I just ordered mine today. Please buy them. They're pretty good, actually. They're coming lots of cool colors. Um, yeah, so we had a big, meaty, uh, substantial game last Friday as our heroes got a bit better acquainted with um, some members of Lux Eterna who had curb stomped them uh, pretty brutally the previous game, but turned out to be pretty nice overall uh, once you got to know them a little. The party had some interesting conversations with them, and then uh, Lex finally called in one of her favors. We'll see how that works out. And then the party traveled further into the forest and the mist, where they found and fought some alarm to discover that there may have been some kind of demon rift that got opened. Um, that's bad. And then they fought some more strange creatures. <laughs> Uh, then uh, where you know everybody managed not to die, and Quinn was pretty clutch at a pretty clutch moment. We'll be delving delving into the sort of details of all of that right now. As always, stick around after the stream for links and resources. I'm your host Truth Benson, and this is, as always, what's the damage. Joining me today is Tick, who is here. Thank you, Tick, for being back on camera during the intro. Um, <laughs> Tick, who Sorry. plays Sinric, the ever-wonderful barbarian, and um, Chad, who plays the, uh, what's your class? Quinn the Quinn. Quinn the Quinn. Cleric? I'm not, yeah, cleric. I'm not telling you. <laughs> I, I swear I know that. I just haven't slept for like four days. Um, hi, guys. What's the damage? You had a really long session and did lots of stuff. So Fought many jello monsters. Yeah. The worst kind what? of pudding. All the jello. Yeah, All the jello. So terrible. jiggly and full of acid. <laughs> I was not a fan. <laughs> I wanted to send that pudding back to the kitchen and say, I'm sorry, I didn't order this. This is the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was no. <laughs> I equate it to like bread pudding. Yeah. I mean You like bread pudding? I like bread. bread pudding can be good. Mm -hmm. I, I equate it more to like hospital slash nursing home dessert pudding. 
Yeah. Or salad bar pudding. Yeah. Somehow that pudding is always worse than the stuff that you like buy in the grocery store. Like if you get yeah. a pudding cup in the grocery store, you'd think it would be the exact same flavor as the pudding cup you get at the hospital, but it's not. Yeah. Somehow they find like inferior pudding and they order that specifically. Yeah. It's, it's uh, like, what do we add to make this taste like bad? It's like they're putting medicine in it. Just add a sprinkle of bad, you know, just so you get that real hospital experience. <laughs> they just sprinkle in ground up hospital mattress like there. They'll really get the flavor. Uh, yeah. A tiny bit of bleach, you know, just to keep the COVID away. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> uh, I can't catch it if you're dead, guys. Anyway. Um, Despite getting your asses handed to you by Liz and Charlie, they turned out to be kind of, you know, not not bad guys, sort of friendly. What do you guys think about them? I mean, after they beat the holy ever-loving shit mm -hmm. out of us, they seem to be pretty okay. But, yeah, I mean. In their defense, um, some of our party did strike first. Yeah, certain party members. Yeah. Very gung-ho. Yeah, but at the same time, it was not th them standing there stabbing people was not the best look. It was bad optics. I mean, they, they were misunderstanding they, they all around. I think it was more. I mean, it worked out fine in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of uh, the bad optics, that was not a pretty scene that you found when you came to the Ocean Encampment. It was actually quite grim. Um, you made the situation seem grimmer. This has been a grim little arc uh, for the campaign. So like, how are uh, Quinn and Sinric, like feeling about the humanity of it all? Like things have gone rather real. Yeah, I mean, Quinn is having a bit of PTSD over the whole thing right now because of mm -hmm. you know him literally coming home to a vacant village and finding out that it's because everybody he's ever known is basically dead. So it's way too similar. <clears throat> and and yeah, he is not he's not enjoying that part of it. Makes sense. I mean on the other hand, you did find out they were corrupted, so I mean it's well still... we did as a group. Yeah, but still though that doesn't really make it any better especially considering the fact that apparently everybody being like spiritually tortured and to what end i don't know but if it's for funsies, you, know, you know it could be for funsies it could be for some sort of actual yeah, end yeah. game plan thingy and all the souls yeah. to power up a secret weapon or something like that who knows but yeah that's well pretty much how he's feeling about it. I, I mean, apparently my family is doing fine, so, you know. Yeah, we're going to get to that oh, tea spilling because um, that's what I'm here for right now. I mean, forget talking about me. I don't give a shit about me. Let's, 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 dig, let's dig into this shit. Shall we? I, I, I mean, I, right now I'd probably say Sinric is um, not focused on, you know, like, what's happening at the village because of how that you know everything was worded with um you know what's her name at the uh fire that, that's probably got more 
He's so unfocused. He's like, what's her name at the place? With the things? The conversation at the place about the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, Liz seems to know I mean, a bit about you. Yeah. More yeah, than the rest I mean, of us. But that's... Well, no one's asked. No one said anything. Well, you're not a talkative type. That's... I mean, yeah, I know. A lot of times, Cynric's like just a big old rock as far as conversations go. He's like, hmm. No one really talks to him in his defense. True. Only Dobby. Yeah, I mean, but even then, conversation was kind of like, okay, let's get the job done, and that's it. Yeah, true enough. He's not evocative. Some people just, you need to tease their backstories out of them. They don't come in gung ho or like, hey, there's everything about me. My whole village is dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, okay, anyway, so... As far as backstory, though, it's, like, not, like, big and dramatic, I don't think. It's just, you know, not been talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was implied, though, there might be some stuff going on at home. Um, so how long has it been since Sinbrick's been home? Um, I think on the timeline is close to 20 years. So it has been quite a while. It, it might be... Let's see, it'd be 49. Well, because there would, there would have been two, like, away from home period uh, periods. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it wasn't really, like, the way I pictured it when writing the backstory wasn't, like, very... You know, yeah. So how did Cynric like interpret what Liz was saying to him? Because she essentially said, you should go home, heavily implying that there was something there that needed your attention or that you should know about. That's not what I heard. Well, that's not what I well, focused how you interpreted on. It, wording. Yeah. Um, it you was the on? whole term about the uh, things grow. And it's like, oh, crap. OK, yeah, I probably should go home at some point. So what did that trigger, like, in Cynric's memory? Things grow. Um, well, you know, possibility of maybe a child or something like that. You know, you never know. Oh. Interesting. There's a Cynric Jr. running around there. There might be a couple. Who knows? Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, well, probably not a couple. I know when I left, there was definitely none the first time. I mean, you know, there are such things as multiple babies at one time, you know. Oh, good lids. lord, you're going to jinx me there. <laughs> yes. yes, I am. Yeah. There, there you go. DM, and I, I got, know like, the DM you know, two is hanging listening. off one arm, Octuplets one on each leg, Cynric. just kind of hobbling around. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Is one. Why not actually have the rest of the credentials to go with it? Right? <laughs> exactly. You know, nothing wrong with that. Besides, so like, retire, what? settle down with a bundle of kids. Yeah. Bundle of kids. That's a, that's the correct term for multiple. Yeah. <laughs> right? But I mean, he's like seven feet tall. You could fit like eight, nine kids on that thing, you know? Just like give him a bunch yeah, of baby exactly. Yards. You know, some shoulder riders, some backpacks, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It'd be no different. And they're just yeah, like yeah. bracers where you just slide the kid on your forearm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like little child, child bracers. Catapult. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Just that might get like messy. Head- Heavy armor, but it's made of children. <laughs> that would be terrible. It's terrifying. No. 
Oh, to no. my fourth son. <laughs> oh, that's some like oh, be wild super villain shit. That's yeah. Amazing. Most of the AC like that'd be comes. A warlock feet. Uh, can worlds wear? Worlds can't wear heavy armor usually. I don't no, think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they if, could, well, if they could, they could wield shields. Yeah, true. Um, but not human. They ones. have shield of babies. I'm just thinking this. I think most of the AC would come from people's reluctance to like stab a child. <laughs> it doesn't actually give you much, much extra AC. That's all of it. Would it give me full cover? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Good times. Good times. We um, invented another cursed item on the stream. I feel like this has happened at least twice. Uh, Lordy. Um, yeah, so interesting that you interpret it as that, because I was, as a, as a watcher, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of ominous. But if it's a kid, honestly, that's not bad news. As far as his personality, that would definitely be um, something unexpected. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So Sinrock usually seems like generally seems like a guy who lives in the present moment. Does he spend a lot of time like reflecting on where he came from or is he mostly just like this is in front of me right now? I've kind of pushed all that stuff down and just mm -hmm. don't really think about it. Move on day to day. Because I mean, sometimes when you restart with nothing, you just kind of have to work on going forward and not back. Inspirational. We all learn from something from Cynric. Um I feel like you need is. a motivational poster for that. You know, it's like a picture of a mountain range and then you just put that underneath it. You could sell mm -hmm. those. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I always like the demoralizing posters. I always found those funny. Oh, those were funny. Do they still make those? I remember they were a big thing, like a decade Probably do. I mean, who doesn't want a poster that says, you're human garbage, and then has a picture of a cat on there? I mean, most, yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting off topic again. Anyway. That is what the show is, getting off topic. It really is. I try my best, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, this is my apology video. I'm going to have like one of those ones on YouTube. <laughs> That's just what just, just kidding. Is. Just kidding. We don't, we don't have a big enough following for me to get canceled yet. It's coming. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, so Quinn, Quinn, um, Quinn and Perry have been having uh, an emotional journey of sorts over the last few episodes. And I feel like in this episode, they, or Quinn at least had sort of a moment where he was trying to, to reach out, not exactly commiserate with Perry as she was kind of having like this really intense grief over mm -hmm. um, what happened at the Ocean Village. He was kind of doing like the Vulcan, I agree with the thing. Like I also feel pain, we're in pain together. A little or bit. Or partners in pain. Yeah. yeah, a little bit because the thing is he understands part of what she's going through. Not all of it or enough of it to really truly you know, commiserate on the same emotional level, but enough. It's essentially where, you know, if you go to someone's funeral and it's more it's like someone is burying like a, a young child you literally have no idea what to say to them because it's like that sort of trauma is completely foreign to you there's no way you can process exactly that kind of grief because you've not been through that kind of grief you just sort of muddle through and try to offer what you can sort of i'm sorry and if you're mm -hmm. in the if you're in the south it's i'm sorry here's a casserole you know okay. that's 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 how it works um 
but uh, he knows and just enough of a similar kind of suffering to try to at least give some sort of solace. Mm -hmm. That's about all he could do when he was trying to reach out. So it did actually come up with the uh, like, I too have felt pain. I grieve with these sort of thing. You're right. Yeah, it was like a very stoically sweet thing to do. I'm not sure yeah. how much Harry appreciated it, but someday, someday mm. she will. Um, so do you think like this kind of like new injection of tragedy has kind of snapped Quinn out of his anger spiral or are we just on pause for that right now for that? Probably pause, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> It just, it depends on what else goes on because all of that is still there. It just isn't getting as much mental real estate at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, there's enough else going on that it has to just sort of be pushed to the side. Like not now emotional problems. I have a pudding to hit. I'll deal with you later. Yeah. Going to get much bigger when I'm not looking at you. It's, you know, I made Quinn as like the whitest of white people. He is going to bury his problems, never, never talk about them and until drink. they explode in some other way. A, 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 white people. <laughs> um, <laughs> we know how to deal with feelings. Yep. That's how anyway. we do. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we, we take our feelings by colonizing people. Why? Mm, yeah. Anyway, um, so still on Quinn. He's been getting some kind of bad news about his quest kind of over and over again from a bunch of NPCs who are telling him either that it's a fool's errand or it's not going to work out the way he wants it to. Mm -hmm. um, or essentially, like, this is not as straightforward as you think it's going to be, mm -hmm. Quinn. How's he feeling about that? Not great. Mm -hmm. Pretty unfavorably about it, actually, because it's like the oh, one thing that he's trying to accomplish. It's literally the only goal that he has for his entire life right now is to find a way to fix things and put everybody back where they came from and, you know, save the people that he couldn't because he wasn't there to try and all that. And he keeps getting told, like, no, that's not that's not a thing you can do. Like, they're basically dead forever. All you can do is keep them from being tortured forever, maybe. Mm -hmm. But even then, probably not. Good luck, stupid. And that's about what he keeps hearing, or at least that's what he's internalizing from all of it. Mm -hmm. So he's still holding out to try to get answers. And if he does not get answers that'll put him onto some sort of better path. I do not know what he is going to do. So this will be interesting to find out. We'll see. Fun times. So uh, Liz has just called in the party's first debt. It sounds simple. It does. Is I it mean, though? I mean, Gosh. here's the thing. What sounds like go pick up a simple package was also, it's also been the plot to several movies in which it ended badly for the main character. You know, like if you think about it, you want to break things down in their simplest elements. Gremlins is about buying a kid the wrong Christmas present and, and all ends in tears <laughs> and blood. The good news is we're not buying anything. No, we're not. We're just supposed to go and acquire something. But 
Yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm hoping it is as simple as, well, here we go to the shop. Hi, I'm here to pick up this package for this person. And it doesn't end up, hi, I'm here to pick up the package for blam, blam in the face. Uh, I just see don't you shatter met. inside and we're okay. <laughs> or maybe you have to shatter inside. Maybe that's the solution to this puzzle. Yeah, I mean, I, I could do that. And don't think I won't do it again at some point if I feel like it's required. Uh, I have been much more conscious of building codes ever since the first time I accidentally got arrested. Off. Thank you, yeah. you son of a bitch. Uh, end up in jail one night. God. Fun times. Puts things in perspective. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe if you all get eaten by the next round of jellies, you won't have to worry about that. So that, positive yeah, thinking. I mean, positive thinking, guys. That's true. It's if true. Quinn dies, none of this is a problem anymore. It's mm-hmm. some other idiot's problem. <laughs> oh, but his family's stuck in hell forever. I know. Yeah. Okay. I thought they okay. were in um, Shadowfells, not hell. Hey, close enough. Hell-esque. A it's hell-esque a, it, place. At that point, it's like a semantics thing. So. I mean... I mean, the actual nine are probably a bit less hellish than whatever's happened to them. Mm, at least you know, they're they, they have some color. I mean, yeah. yeah. Shadowfell is just like, blah. Yeah. Kind of like, sort of. Blah. I imagine. Shadowlands. Oh, well. Is Shadowfell from a video game? Was that from? No, it's, it's from D&D. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's in D&D. It's a different it's like, plane. Yeah, it's, a, it's like the alternate dimension where like Barovia and crap are. May you'll end up there too. Who knows? Um, anyway, so after after a lovely evening at the campfire, you guys moved on to mistier and stranger places, full of very strange creatures. You had um, you had two battles this uh, this episode. The first mm-hmm. one was on a very neat battle map, which had some rolling fog effects. That was nice. I liked that. Which obscured which obscured your vision. Um, so tell me a little bit about finding this first fight. I mean, it sucks not being able to see. I, well, I mean, you wanted to play a human, stupid. I mean, whose fault is that? Half I mean, elf vision for the win, son. That's why I was able but to see anything. Vision, you know, <laughs> would dark vision really, you know, let you see through fog and things that you know? No, you need like blind like, vision. That's true. Think. It helped slightly because it was also not bright out. <laughs> but you know, I take every small advantage I can. Mm-hmm. It it was interesting because we had no idea what was coming, but at least we, you know, didn't just literally blunder right into everything blindly and paid enough attention to the people whistling like, hey, stupid, stop moving. <laughs> and then we at least like nice clumped touch. up real good. Oh, no one dropped yeah. a fireball, so we're okay. <laughs> Luckily. Uh, maybe next time. Yeah, it was actually um, it was quite fun watching you guys wander around, blind, find a, a bit of our our Halloween game. Get excited, guys! It's gonna run soon. Yes. Um, which also had some not seeing things as a theme. No spoilers. Y'all find out. Y'all find out what I'm talking about in a couple of weeks. I don't know when it's running. Halloween ish. Halloween ish. Yeah. Halloween for the actual thing. Oh, is it Halloween. really on, on Halloween? Yes. Okay. No, yeah, actual Halloween for the for the for the thing itself. Halloween okay, yeah, ish yeah, for yeah. anybody that doesn't actually watch live on the thirty first or yeah. slightly after the thirty first. Yes. It'll be really great. Um, 
it was a really fun game. I played in it. Everyone else played in it except for Jake and Jay, who unfortunately could not play in it, but it was super fun. Um, good to do. Okay, so um, yeah, first battle, then you guys didn't have very much time to rest before you uh, had to march on into the next uh, encounter because as you um, sort of found out during the first battle, something was happening with like the thing and the chain and there's a mm -hmm. rift and uh, I was a little bit confused about all of it, but it sounded very bad. Oh, it sounded bad to us mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And we yeah, were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so were your characters a little bit freaked out by hearing that, hey, things are sort of happening right now and we have to deal with it right this second? I mean, a little or, bit. The, the immediacy does kind of give it the edge of very present menace. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Also, I feel like we really should have found out because in character, I don't think any of us even know this, but because I you know, have to look at all of the tweets for things and the summaries for podcasts and everything i as a person know that the place we are is called the ruins of madness and i feel like the lead was uh -huh. buried there for us in character and had we known that we would have thought oh wait uh, we're okay so yeah never mind liz did in fact mention it yeah, yeah. we basically just weren't paying attention because we were too concerned about everything else like, okay There's yes ru ruins of you know? something or other <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, Had we paid madness. more attention, then we would have been sufficiently traumatized and scared by this. I expect you all to take a yeah, lot of psychic know. damage next episode. <laughs> you know, we might. Mm -hmm. We just might. I you mean, think about it I don't want to take now. any more damage right now. <laughs> Can you even take any more damage right now? I mean, do you even have the threshold for taking damage? I think I'm at like six right now. Oh, you got real. So you have there. a threshold of taking six whole damages. Yeah, I, I think so, because I went down, like, what, twice, three times there? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, but that's normal, though. That's a Tuesday for Sinric. Yeah, Sin's really just kind of, like, up and down. like. He is he is the yo-yo barbarian. The yo-yo barbarian. We need to make a new custom path, a custom subclass. Barbarian, path of the yo-yo. Put it on DM's Guild, we'll be millionaires. Yeah, there you go. Fantastic. Right. Okay. Um, hmm? Oh, no, it's fine. No, go ahead. I was going to say, the fight was at least interesting, though, with the whole uh, mechanic of the uh, puddings and, I mean, trying to figure out how the actual mechanic works and yeah. what we're supposed mm -hmm. to do. I did not enjoy that I was the first one to discover that by trying to be clever with my, my character's abilities for once in my fucking life. Yeah, <laughs> that the puddings I mean, were interesting. Weird little jello monsters. It's it's um, funny, you know, the selection that has been made for this week's episode are the two oh. people who who basically did the most harm in creating more puddings than any other character in that fight. Good job, buddy. But <laughs> it's not uh, actual it harm, it's like the most good. Like, I mean it's hard yeah, it's kind at the of same how time. you defeat them. You just yeah. into smaller and smaller bits until they were too small to be yeah. hurtful. Well Yeah, true. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of how else you would attack a pudding. I'm sure there's a more clever way to do it, but eh. fire um, spoon. spoon. <laughs> oh yeah, you need like a stomach. Of you want to talk about getting? See now we're now we're bringing back memories of Dobby because you want to talk about acid melting someone's ass. You do that by feeding them a black too pudding. Too soon, too soon. You know, 
Oh, wonderful. It's, it's, it's so sad he didn't live to this point because he would have probably gotten the idea, that's it. That's what I got to do. Feed him a black pudding. Uh, I, I guess sure you one. Play, play in a little pudding cup. A giant pudding cup. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's some shenanigans you could get into with a black pudding. Um, yeah, so you guys actually tried at one point to retreat from these jello monsters, but it just did not work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so was the plan there just to try and regroup or try to go find Liz and Charlie or? Personally, my plan was going to be if we can make it out of here and we can you know, find wherever the exit is and get away from the puddings as they move fairly slow. Mm -hmm. My plan was to do some serious architectural fuckery and blow the damn door down and keep them from coming after us. Okay, word. But didn't you kind of have to get past them? Mm, well, we had to find we the exit first. Yeah. True. And apparently, getting rid of them was the way to find the exit. But that was my, that was what I was thinking: is just if we can find the exit without having to fight all the puddings, then get everybody out, shatter, mm -hmm. kablam, knock the door down, and then they're just stuck. But see, uh, we were told that this side loops around to catch up with wherever Liz and Charlie went there's another way to get back out mm -hmm. later without having to come back through here. Then there's just puddings in that room forever. Uh, yeah, you guys were just were not in the mood for dessert, but unfortunately you did have to finish it before you could leave the table. Yeah. Um, thank you, thank you. That was uh, your metaphor for the day. <laughs> um, cool, so Right at the end of this fight, or near the end of this fight, Oriana did go down, down. Yes. But Quinn sort of like baseball slid in there to revivify her, like, not today. No, not again. Mm hmm Yep. Mm -hmm. There is a reason that since getting the ability to cast revivify and since acquiring diamonds, Quinn has kept that damn spell prepared at a constant. Good plan, considering yeah. the group. Yeah, mm -hmm, that that is his logic yes because this is a group that would be desperately in need of the use of that spell from time to time <laughs> cool beans so i don't know does he feel like he did a good job as like a party healer in this fight I, I think during both fights he was actually pretty um effective as um as the heels or that was my impression watching them at least yeah i mean with this one, that was about most of what he could do because I was, you know, trying to conserve a bit, seeing as how we have no idea what else is coming. And a lot of the damaging stuff that I had prepared was either something that would be a very large area that might knock a few other people around or is has lightning involved or is spiritual weapon, and I did not want to use that spell slot. <laughs> That's a pudding. Yeah. So, um, Sinor's been around for a bit. Has he ever come across things like puddings before, or are these all like new, weird, strange monsters to him? My, my experience would be more like, you know, military style things, not mm -hmm. necessarily not like monster hunting so much. monsters and creatures. Um, I imagine I've seen like animals, but not like, you know, stuff like what we're coming up against. Mm -hmm. Mostly like people and, you know, 
normal animal creatures you'd probably see like yeah yeah so for Cedric who's like a pretty experienced fighter um what's it like to be coming up against so many like new things like all the time like is it frustrating for him because like he knows how to fight but he doesn't necessarily know how to fight these things is it interesting because the learning experience does he just think of it as okay here's just something else that's in front of me that i need to kill i mean i i got one strategy as a barbarian and and that is you know yeah i mean you try to you know out strength whatever is coming after you and Mm -hmm. this is the i i'll say probably first time in combat that you know that that method does not necessarily work Mm -hmm. like directly i mean it kind of worked because it worked to our advantage but it's not like you had a direct effect um so i mean it's one of those it'll probably have to be a learning experience um i i'd say with that kind of military background it wouldn't necessarily well i i say military that's a bad term um but that type of fighting background I, i'd Marshall say it's background. more of an opportunity yeah there you go that's the word i'm looking for you're welcome um, it would be an opportunity thank you um to kind of learn different tactics and different things to do like it might be an opportunity to keep a secondary weapon that you know mm-hmm. does something different things like, like that like a hammer of some sort you know yeah have a pulverizer yeah there you go I wonder if we can get him something that is a combination of polearm and also hammer because I hear me out, hear me out. Because he's so fucking big, right? Mm-hmm. We can basically get him a gigantic fuck you hammer, the likes of which you only see in a JRPG. I mean, something that's usually wielded, but yeah, see, it's what, essentially like a, like a tree trunk. Kind of. No, yes. I mean like a tree trunk, bigger. like a like a totem trunk. Yeah, awesome. he just wields some sort of totem pole as a mallet, but it also counts as a pole arm because of its length. I think. I think. It, okay. That, so we go to that the next, would be right. more on the outlandish side, but yes, hilarious. I, but it's perfect for Cedric. So we go to the next town, find a blacksmith, and we're like, okay, we need. Now I want you to take a hammer and a pole and, arm a and have them make a baby. I, I'm I mean, pretty it, sure that's a weapon. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a weapon that's similar to that. I probably. I just don't know what it in is. In 5e, there's not really... They have, like, um, the big hammers, but nothing like what you're talking about. Um, then we invent it, sir. They have, like, in real life, pole axes and things mm-hmm. like that that are, you know, kind of like the basis of a halberd. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, game mechanics, even halberds do slashing damage, uh, despite, like, them having the axe tip with the actual you know puncturing spears like on top so i mean it could essentially you know depending on how you use a weapon but D rules don't really accommodate for that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well D rules are made to be changed and broken fitting the situation as long as the dm's cool with it that's what i always say and sorry he does like to help her stuff so yeah you should bother her to uh let you make custom weapons but anyway it's a magic weapon that lets you choose the form as you activate it i mean you have like spells that allow you to choose what damage type you do it i don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to have something like that for the martial class too what what are these spells you speak of like like chromatic orb like you can choose what um what damage type it does and i think there are other spells that do 
that too. Can't think of that off the top of my head. Oh, it's more like, you know, me being a martial class and not having spells. Mm. Yeah, but I was saying that you could have like a weapon that is versatile in the kind of damage it does, like one that can do bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing or something like that. It makes sense, you know, thematically, but like that, that's what I was saying as far as like rules go in the game, they don't really have something to accommodate for that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They should. In my humble opinion, as not the DM, uh, but merely a fan of the show. Anyway, um, but Brigand, sorry, who's talking? Oh, I was going to say, I can do bludgeoning damage. I just have to hit something with slashing first. That's true. There you go. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of martial stuff, uh, we're going to move on to our topic for the day, which is martial classes versus spellcasting classes. We're going to talk, be talking about like you know the differences between the two like overarching class types, which I think most classes either fit into caster, martial, or uh, like martial caster, which is like paladins and stuff. Um, so first off, I have to ask, do you guys have a preference as far as um, what kind of characters you like to play? Like, do you prefer like shooty stabby or do you like magic-y spelly more opinions? I like both, honestly. I, I don't really have a preference one way or the other because it kind of just depends on what you're in the mood for doing, you know, like, if you feel like being able to toy with the building blocks of creation that lets you explode stuff at range, then, you know, spell casters are fun. But if you also like just to be able to get right up in something's face and punch it like it owes you money, then that's another thing that's awesome. So it's, I don't, I don't have a, a favorite one way or the other. It just depends on the mood, I guess. I, I think, um, yeah, as far as spell casting goes, there's a lot more to be able to manage. So, I mean, that's something that, yeah, kind that of is true. into consideration. Um, I kind of like the more martial classes because they're almost simpler to think about. Mm -hmm. But some martial classes have, you know, less to offer in certain aspects than others. Expand mm, on that. Um, so, like, for example, as a barbarian, you don't really get a whole lot of, like, tool proficiency. Whereas like a rogue, you get expertises and things mm -hmm. like that. Even fighters get, you know, different types of like, um, you know, skills that you can use within certain situations. So, I mean, it, it's one of those where you get, you have trade-offs. Um, so it's all about kind of what you want to do. True. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I'm just grabbing my plushie for a second. Um, I have a little... Pinky Boogie, who I'm holding to keep me awake. <laughs> I have a decently sized Oogie Boogie there doll, which I'm holding to keep me awake because I'm falling asleep. Um, yeah, so that. So, which do you guys play more often, do you think? Like, out of all your characters? I've had a pretty, I've had a pretty good mix overall because one of the first characters I played a fighter because that's training wheels for everybody um <laughs> you know played a druid playing a cleric right now and i'm playing a warlock but he's a hexblade and paladin so mm -hmm. i mean a lot of what he does is if he doesn't feel like elders blasting from range then he's up in there burning those spell slots on high level smites so 
that's actually one of the most fun things about yeah that's actually one of the most fun things about messing with hybrid class yeah hybridizing like that with where i can change it up from you know what i feel like doing literally right now do i feel like shooting this thing at range and sniping while i fly around or do i feel like getting down and dirty and trying to stab it to death so you've got the range pretty much yeah i played more spellcasters than i have you know martial classes um i i kind of like the druid not necessarily because of damage output but just because of control aspects Mm. and you can do a lot of shenanigans as a druid that really just kind of like mess with everyone's plans nice describe a shenanigan yeah describe a shenanigan for us (laughs) so not something that i've done but one of my favorite um like This was actually on a a podcast that I listened to is uh, a druid was, you know, on a ship with a naval battle and they literally cast control water to create a trench underneath the boat and then (laughs) negated the entire encounter because here comes a giant battleship literally just falling to the ground and crashing. Wow. So it's like, you know, stuff like that just really throws wrenches and plans. And I think that's kind of humorous on a player end. That is really the true potential of magic users just to absolutely fuck with stuff. Oh yeah, um, 100%. So fun. Um, yeah, so with these two sort of class categories, general wisdom is that like martial classes have a bit of a leg up at lower levels since they benefit from higher armor and hit points that like evens out a bit as spellcasters get closer and closer to their true forms as human nuclear bombs. Um, do you think this is true? I think that's hmm. um, kind of like a generalization where everything has like a curve that it, you know, acquires power. Um, hmm. I think it all depends. Yeah, you know, spellcasters kind of, you know, have like weird curves. Um, well, I shouldn't say weird, but more like a traditional curve. And then you have like moon druids, which are kind of like, uh, <laughs> and you know, it, yeah, it's. I, I would say spellcasters grow more steadily in general, power, you know, as far as power. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, unless you're a fighter, martial classes kind of get a big dump early on, mm-hmm. and then just kind of balance everything out later on. Fires do get super good later on. Yeah, it's yeah. true. They're stupid attacks and all the ASI and increases. I get like 10 billion attacks per turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I action surge and I get 50 more attacks. Um. <laughs> it's like, well, look, it's the fighter's turn. I'm going to go get a drink and make a sandwich. Come back. <laughs> right. Oh, look, it's still okay. the fighter's turn. <laughs> I'm going to go make no. dinner. You just tell me when you're done. More like the, fi- oh, it's the fighter's turn. I'm going to go make some chili from scratch. I'll see you in about 16 hours when the meat is finished. <laughs> you go put something in a slow cooker. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got to start this crockpot just- dinner for tomorrow. By the time it's done, my turn will come up. From a visual perspective, I just imagine fighters when they attack to be like, you know, Dragon Ball Z fighting where you see like <laughs> blurs for the arm because yes. they have what four attacks in six seconds. Then you action surge, so that's technically eight for you know six seconds. Yeah, that that's they're they're fast. They're fast. It really just becomes like a kung fu movie or an anime, as you yeah. say. Yeah, kind of. I, I, I would argue at that point fighters would be faster than monks as far as attacking. Yeah, because of the number of attacks they can put out in a single round. Yeah. Called fighters for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they fight. 
They do fight. It's in the name. <laughs> yeah. So, Chad, do you think that that um, holds true? Sort of like what uh, what Tick was saying. I'm not sure because I I think that with a lot of the um, a lot of the casters there is in Stager. I do agree with like, with some druids. There's like a spike here and there. A lot of it, druids kind of they start off low and then level ten hits. And if you're a moon druid, look the fuck out! I'm a rock monster now. And with a lot of the with wizards, it's basically a steady upkeep until you get to I am basically a god of the arcane. All shall bow mm -hmm. before me or weep. But just casually change the world around before breakfast, you know. <laughs> kind of. But with yeah. the with a lot of the martial classes, it, it does have that same sort of steady incline. It's just there are some peaks here and there. And then whenever you get to say like the high like the highest level of stuff with something like fighter or paladin, and you get the ability of now you can attack as many times as you want almost or now you can basically turn into an avatar of divine vengeance for a minute. Then there's the steady rise, steady rise, and oh fuck, you know, like all of a sudden the giant incline on the roller coaster and you're about to take a fucking ride. Yeah, some classes have very good like capstone abilities. Yes. Classes, but yeah, some do, some are, you know, some just are okay. Lame. Some are, I think, I think the warlock, the like the warlock um, capstone class is really bad. It's just like, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's you can get spell slots I mean, back once a day without having a short Thanks. I mean it's great for an emergency, you know, if you want to just pull that ripcord, but at that point it's also should... not like a terrible thing. Yeah. It's useful, but it like can, it can be useful. Most of the but... time you can get a short rest. Yeah, and even if I, you can't I feel like, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like multiclassing in the sorcerer for the sorcery points and the conversions would probably be more effective than that capstone. Yeah. Mm. Literally what I'm doing with my other character. Um, anyway, uh, so what do you guys think about like half caster um, classes? Are they the best of both worlds? Worst of both worlds? It depends on what chocolate you're mixing with what peanut butter. You know, like I, because I, you know, I've mentioned this a few minutes ago, I've got the Warlock Paladin right now and that's mixing a casting class with a half casting martial class. I don't, uh, no, I don't mean like multi-classing. I mean like the half caster vanilla classes, like paladin, I'm sorry. cleric. Like, yeah. like a ranger or a paladin. Yeah, okay. ranger. I mean, yeah. yeah. Multi-classing. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I, I think a lot of it. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think it depends on the campaign that you're playing because mm -hmm. both of those, you know, hybrid classes are very thematic as to what they can do and yeah. like playing a ranger has for example has a lot of abilities that rely on like you know not necessarily sworn enemies but like favored enemies and favored mm -hmm. terrain and you know if your yeah. favorite terrain is a jungle and you know you're doing a campaign in the hills you yeah. know like, so i, I think they kind of yeah I, yeah whereas like in that case i feel like a paladin would probably you know be better fit for that because you know it's kind of the way i see it that's kind of what they're designed you know demonic smiting machine so I, it, I guess it's more like depends on the theme of the campaign that you're playing 
Yeah. yeah. I think it kind of just, it more depends on what you're trying to do with a character, you know, because like with the, what I think is kind of the strangest of the like half casters, the Eldritch Knight, you're a fighter that's also supposed to be half a wizard. And it's an interesting balance to try to pull off because the kind of spells that you get don't really equal out to as far as damage output necessarily the kind of shit that you can do in a single turn just by stabbing it with a really good magic weapon <laughs> but it just sort of becomes what are you trying to accomplish with the character like how like how is it you're wanting to play them what are you trying to do with them you know like because if you work it right you could take an eldritch knight and basically make alucard from castlevania and it's an interesting way to try and pull it off. And if that's what you're trying to do, cool. Otherwise, it's for the half casters, it's like, what, what is it you're trying to make with this character? How are you trying to have your fun? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think, sure. um, yeah, I think Chick may, um, brought up an interesting point, though, because I don't think we talk that often about like how campaign specific character design can be, because mm -hmm. you can absolutely create the coolest most functional character and it just won't work because you're in the wrong campaign. Like if you have a Gloomstalker that's like perfect for the Underdark, if you're in a very highly lit campaign, you might not get the kind of benefits that you would in other, in other ways. So you really have to consider your campaign when you're creating a character. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's with any aspect of characterization, though, mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right. Yeah. Because there are characters that you can design to be the perfect killing machine in a campaign setting yeah or you know you can design a character who is a rogue that is literally the best thief possible in a campaign where you never get to steal shit and that'd you know, be terrible yeah it's like the, you don't get set up for the opportunity to pull a heist of some sort which like that's your fucking bread and butter if you make a thief rogue like this is the thing that you're designed to do but then you don't do that because the opportunity doesn't present itself because you're not playing the kind of campaign where mm -hmm. you do get that kind of thing set up so then it's just, just imagining this poor rogue like on a horse like about to do a like this grand like battle of five armies type thing and they're just suffering inside because they haven't pickpocketed one person for months they've just been <laughs> on the campaign <laughs> yep. poor guy. yeah amazing um yeah so with 5e uh, i think you have the like some option to be a little bit arcane like with almost every single class like you have vows paths archetypes subclasses that you can choose to get spells um mm. so with all these options is there like is there still a reason to play just a vanilla martial class yes because Flavor, as... i mean if that's what you want to play yeah well because if you go by the logic of party composition and the, just you know with video games and such Every party needs a tank. You don't want to admit that you do, but you fucking do. You need that one person who's going to be soaking up that damage like a fucking sponge and then dealing it right back out tenfold. And that lets your casters stand back and think, do I want to cast this spell at this person or do I want to do this? Because they're not getting their faces eaten off by whatever it is that the barbar is out there and just stand around their birthday suit with two battle axes and say, come get it, motherfucker. <laughs> My devil's advocate, though, druids can be amazing tanks. They can they be. All those 10 hit points. Yeah. Uh, they're, yep. They're like, you know, HP absorb tanks. 
but mm-hmm. druids also have you know such a wonderful ability to do battlefield control and mm-hmm. i mean as far as like healing in games I, I still stand by the best healing you can do is the damage you mitigate from being mm-hmm. hit to begin with so you know if you have between you and the enemy and there's a patch of spike growth for example you know that's going to a slow things down it's going to buy you a turn or two from things getting to you or even entangle i mean entangle fog cloud they have such you know kind of cool low level spells that don't necessarily cost Mm -hmm. a lot of resources that can be a huge detriment on the battlefield yeah yeah battlefield control is something i think that it's not as flashy as like dps or tanking or whatever but it can be really clutch because one turn can make all the difference in a lot of battles that's true yeah tactics baby can also be super annoying (laughs) sometimes too yeah, if you're yeah, on the when side being of it. used against you, it's very terrible. <laughs> so worse. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm flashing back to that one. Um, was that Serenity's game? Like, we kept getting hit by darkness or something. And I think I'm thinking about something completely different. Never mind. You'll know what I'm talking about. But there was this one battle that I was in in a different campaign where we kept getting hit by darkness, and it was the worst. Mm. Was it? It was, it was. Okay, this was, um, this is a campaign that I did with Serenity that she did not run. Um, but one of our characters had like Hunger of Hadar and it was just fucking up our battlefield so much. Oh, wow. It's terrible. Amazing. Wow. It actually reminds um, me of something that I, because you know, we're talking about the benefits of casters. I have, I have one as far as, you know, the ability to control. I was in a game where the DM was insisting on trying to put darkness out on the field right over all of our characters and i was playing wizard i had like a good wizard both counter spell and a spell magic yeah. so every time you try and do it and this was with multiple characters that all had the racial ability to cast darkness and it's like oh they're gonna cast a spell and this dark sphere comes in a counter spell and like oh okay well then another one doesn't wait till my turn okay i'm gonna dispel the darkness now carry on and then he just kept on going i was like i can fucking do this all day sir you want to keep it up go ahead but it's really kind of a waste of your time and mine no it does eat your spell slots up though to have to keep counterspelling it did yeah but it also ate up all of their sometimes that's a viable strategy like darkness (laughs) and you're like no thank you i would like to see no lights on bitch (laughs) stay on Mm -hmm. um so do you think like, do you think martial characters are easier to play in general than than spellcasters? Because you don't really have to keep track of your spells. Although yeah. some martial characters can get pretty complicated, I, like especially rogues, as you get I all think of their abilities. I think they're easier to manage, with the mm-hmm. exception of rogues and sneak attack damage. Because yeah. it's like, okay, what accounts for sneak attack? What doesn't count for sneak attack? Yeah. Um, Whenever you can get out, away with outside of for that, sneak I think. Attack. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever you can argue, your DM into <laughs> I mean, that's attack. that's what makes Swashbuckler one of the best classes of rogue because it's like I basically get sneak attack no matter what I'm doing now. Come at me as long as you have it. Um, what someone else within five feet of the target mm-hmm. that's, that's not really an ally. Yeah, because that yeah. that one's worded weird. It is. It's yeah. Like I mean, an enemy of the enemy. It doesn't have to be your ally. It just has to be someone against whoever you're targeting. Pretty much, but. Yeah, I, I think it's it's less to think about and less to manage a lot because 
there's always the there's always the one jackass who whenever the dm says okay you've had your long rest go and prep your spells like oh, i go ahead and prep mine i've got an axe <laughs> i mean that is kind of how some characters work is they do just have a fucking axe. i feel targeted <laughs> <laughs> you have a halberd i said axe not halberd <laughs> yeah. and for some um some spellcasters don't have to prep spells yes yeah, that is true. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here with the whole fucking cleric spell. It's like, all right, God like, damn it. Uh, I don't uh, want that today. I don't want that today. I don't want th- that's the one. What am I? Fe- what kind of day is it? What am I feeling today? Yeah, right. Yeah. That, that's also good to have that flexibility, though, in it cases is. because in the event that we prepare for a battle, like for example, just in this last session, we had the night to prepare before we went into this location. So that gave, you know, afforded you the opportunity to look at what you can do and say, you know, basically cater your kit to Mm -hmm. that, you know, situation as much as possible. Yeah. Whereas like a bard, they're just kind of stuck. Yeah. Which is nice. And, you know, same thing for like other casters like Warlock or, you know, where it's just, yeah, where swords are like, you know what you know, and that's literally it. But with the martial class, it's like, all right, well, I can hit stuff from up close or I can hit stuff from far away today. I what am I feeling? Th- yeah, pretty much. Because it depends on basically how much do you want to have to think before the battle versus how much do you want to have mm-hmm. to think during the battle? Because if you prepare as a spellcaster when you know you're going into a fight, you basically kit yourself out with these are the spells that I think I'm going to need to do the following things in combat today. And then you just sort of see where you can execute that plan whenever you come into contact with the enemy. Meanwhile, if you're playing a martial character, it's these are my skills. And then you have to think on the fly, right in the middle of the fight, okay, this has happened. Uh, Where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go? Where am I most effective? That one, you know, and you just, you choose your moment, you pick your target and you go for it. It's, and like I said, it's, do you want to think about it a lot before or do you want to think about it a lot in the moment? Because one gets more of the other. That kind of brings up an interesting thing, though, because like oftentimes uh, for battles, you don't really know what you're getting into. So as a spellcaster, mm. like you don't always have the kind of intel to be able to choose to be able to like custom choose your spells and be like, OK, I know this creature has res- has like resistance to fire damage. So I'm going to not concentrate so much on fire spells. Sometimes you just know and you have to just like guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's part of it, especially if you have no knowledge of whatever you're going against. I mean, yeah. There, but like a with a, but with like with a non-spell, um, with a non-spell-based class, you have more room to improvise. It seems like almost, although it, it does, of course, depend what class in particular you're playing. Um, anyway, uh, one more question that we have to wrap up. So do you guys think that like spellcasters and non-casters are balanced? Meaning that like, if I don't know, a wizard and a fighter of the same um, level up against each other, they'd have like a 50-50 chance of winning? Depends or... on the stats, honestly. Cause I mean- Let's say paper... they both have good stats. <laughs> yeah. Assuming, on, assuming level playing field otherwise. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, on paper, kind of, mm-hmm. because it's the best analogy I can use for this is 
Spider-Man versus Dr. Octopus. Behind the arms, Dr. Octopus is just a pudgy middle-aged scientist who can't take a fucking punch. But you have to get past the four men in order to punch him in the face with spider strength. Yeah. And knock him down. Hmm? I mean... They draw him pretty buff in those comics. They didn't used to though. Like back in the old in the old old comics, he's just a portly old man. Hey. Yeah, with and a like, hair, terrible haircut too. Yeah, the bowl yeah, cut. Haircut. Yeah, good God. But I, I, I almost think that you know making that comparison as far as like you know class to class is almost like apples and oranges mm-hmm. because I mean. It, D&D, I, I don't believe, is designed to have, like, a class balance, like an MMO game. Um, and it's, it's not designed kinda, for PvP so much either, but... Yeah, it's kind of designed to give classes a role and a moment to shine within that role, mm-hmm. depending on what class you take and the actions you take with that class. Yeah, and I agree. It's not something where it's really designed for who would win in a fight. It's designed for how do we win on, in a fight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? All about teamwork. Mm-hmm. It makes the dream work and kills hey. the dragons. That hey. and extra feats. Yep. Cool beans. Okay, um, so that's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you both so much for being on the show. Um, thank you to everyone who's watching. Make sure to tune in next week for the next episode of whatever this is, and tune on Friday for the next episode of um, Roll for Damage. I'm sure it'll be very exciting. They always are. Yeah, whatever this is. <laughs> making fun of me in the background. Um, this is like the constant background noise because she's always like commenting. <laughs> it's like the silent peanut like gallery. Just, I, I feel like we should just we add just in her audio comments. We should mic her up. Yeah, yeah we, we should just um, add her audio. <laughs> that's that's what this it. We kind of your mic because then all the snark you throw at us behind the scenes yeah see there you go we have our own danny cam uh, so we look cam. forward to anyway i have to go i have phone calls to make tonight um okay anyway thank you guys thank you to um, lady meows and sunbird who designed our logo and our music stick around for links and resources for all of this stuff there continues to be a lot of stuff we have stuff that you can do to help with that stuff. Uh, good night. Stuff. Stuff. Bye. <laughs> and more stuff. <laughs>